your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. We got a fun episode for you today. We're going to be talking about Jordan Cairo, his recent extension with the St. Louis Blues, as well as the rest of the young guys uh, that will probably be contributing to this team next season. We're also going to talk about uh, the defenseman market, how that impacts the St. Louis Blues, uh, how that might impact feelings about Alex Petrangelo, and whether or not Doug Armstrong saw this coming. So without further ado... Let's get into it, Josh. So Jordan Cairo signed a two-year contract worth $5.6 million with an average annual value of $2.8 million for the St. Louis Blues. Kind of lit the world on fire last season, was averaging a point per game for the boys. As we talk about on this podcast, cooled off a little bit towards the end of the season. Wasn't being relied on as much as opposed to the beginning where the Blues had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of guys coming back towards the end. But in your opinion, Josh, we think he's a superstar here. We think he's fantastic. But if you had to give some realistic or maybe non-realistic, throw some hot takes out there, be my guest, but uh, realistic or non-realistic expectations for Jordan Cairo come next season, what would they be? Sure. I, I mean, Jordan Cairo last season uh, had 35 points in 55 games, which is on pace for 52 points in a full 82 game season which first of all I would just say if he's able to have 50 points in a season that would be spectacular for this team um but I think he can surpass that I think 55 points would be a a, a reasonable expectation from him but depending on whether or not he gets an increased role whether or not he gets more than like the 13 14 minutes a night he got I believe he got yeah 14 minutes and 25 seconds time on ice per game uh, last season, which is still plenty of ice time, but not as much as you would expect for how much he how much he was lighting the world on fire at the beginning of the season. So if he is able to come out and get 15, 16, 17 minutes of ice time a night, uh, gets a lot of power play time, I could see him surpassing 60 points easily, 20, 25 goals on top of that. Um, we've always been big, friend, big fans of Jordan Cairo on this pod, obviously, you know, way back when, fr- friend of the pod. So always, always been in his corner, but it was so nice to see him break out the way he did last season. And if he's able to sort of maintain that momentum consistently throughout this season, get some really solid line mates alongside of him, I think he can put up 60 points. I agree. And I honestly would even wager that he could push the envelope for 70, uh, especially with, in my estimation, the increased role that, like you were talking about, that he's going to have this season. I think he should be a lock uh, for that second line right wing position. Uh, I I don't see him losing that. I I obviously could be wrong. He's a very young player, uh, and they fluctuate a lot as we've seen. Uh, Robert Thomas kind of had a down year this season, and a lot of that was due to injuries. But I do think, like you said, he's capable of essentially being uh the next superstar that the St. Louis Blues see, especially if Vladdy's halfway out the door. Which we haven't even gotten into the fact that Vladdy still hasn't been traded, so we might have to touch on that today too. But if Vladdy's there, maybe that moves him down a little bit. But I, I still maintain that Tarasenko will not be a member of the St. Louis Blues come no chance next season. So I would assume that Cairo's going to slot into that position. From what I can tell about Jordan Cairo in our interviews and just like uh, the way that he conducts himself in 
post-game press conferences and all those things, it really seems like he's a guy that is a team player and feeds off the energy of his team. By that, I mean like team chemistry, all those things like being buddies with the guys and like hanging out afterwards and stuff. I feel like a lot of players obviously would derive a lot of energy from that. And that's going to make you play better if you're going to go out there and have a closer relationship with the guys on your team. But I really think it's kind of elevated for him. And so I think that the added factor of being able to see your teammates after after games, after practices, hang out with them, uh, go to restaurants, all of those things, I think that could be kind of a dark horse factor in this season for the St. Louis Blues, even though that was one of the things that they touched on at the end of last season as was kind of problematic for this team. I do think it could potentially be a big step in the right direction for them this upcoming season. I think we even started talking about that from the beginning of the season. Um not just not being able to go out with your teammates and stuff after the game, but also the fact that there was specific um, specific timelines in which these players had to be showing up to the rink and stuff. Like they all had to be at the rink no earlier than an hour and a half before the game. And if we know hockey players, I'm sure that we know that some of them like showing up, you know, eight hours before the game or six hours before the game. You know, guys that have routines that every single game they eat this meal they work out here and then they show up at this time. And the fact that these routines were disrupted um, both both pre and post game could probably do a lot for chemistry and confidence. And I think Jordan Cairo, like you said, sort of exemplifies that. Seems like a guy that really has a solid routine and, and is really into the, the team chemistry sort of thing. So seeing that uh, make a, a reappearance next season with, with the COVID restrictions being not as harsh hopefully leads to the camaraderie of the team increasing and some of the new faces as well, um, sort of leading to a better team chemistry, like the, the, which was probably, I'd argue, the number one element into the, the success of this team in their cup run was just how much this group would go out and battle for one another. So I'm looking forward to seeing that in this upcoming season for sure. And that also reminds me of our interview we did with Robert Thomas, which also seems like it was forever ago, but really it was just before last season. Uh, we had him on. We asked him about what's this team going to be like without Alex Petrangelo because he was a captain, not only a captain, but uh, he was a member of this team for so long and kind of helped develop the fabric on which the team kind of prided itself, right? And his answer was simply, we have to establish an identity. We have to create a new identity uh, with the guys that we have here. Uh, that's the only choice that we have. And to be successful, uh, that's what we're going to do. And I, I don't know about you, Josh, but I think their comments at the end of the season kind of mirror the fact that they don't think they established that identity or if they did, they didn't do it well enough. And so I think that kind of goes in line with the thinking of what we're talking about here is this is a is a perfect opportunity for them to get back. And Doug Armstrong's kind of mirrored that with his acquisitions this offseason, kind of going back to the 2019 style of blues hockey that we know and love with guys that are two-way players, guys that'll be helpful on the penalty kill guys that are not only going to score goals, but hold it down in their own defensive zone as well. Um, and I think that identity has always been a part of Blues hockey. And so I think that's basically, I would see the Blues making massive steps forward in the identity department this season. And if it's not just for the acquisitions, for the mindset of the players, and like we talked about, the camaraderie that uh, they get to hang out after games and such. I think it's an underrated, important element of any successful hockey teams um, and I think with the Blues, sort of their their style of of 
not leaning on one superstar, but sort of playing as a unit, they have even more of an importance uh, in that chemistry element and in that camaraderie element. And the fact that it was taken away definitely led to the lack of identity that we seemingly talked about the entirety of the season. Like we, we were kind of nice about it early on. We're like, oh yeah, this team's a hybrid between skill and, and physicality. But at the end of the day, the truth was that they just couldn't narrow down one specific play style one night they would go out and play super physical and look like world beaters and then the other night they would they would play a really skilled team and try to match that speed and scale and just sort of look lost out there so that camaraderie that chemistry but also just a consistent full season of practices and and 82 games will lead to much better job of the blues being able to find that chemistry yeah, it's all about your team going out and playing as a collective unit. And speaking of units, uh, Clem Costin looks like an absolute unit this offseason. He's been working out every day. If you check his Instagram stories, uh, he's either lifting weights or skating and firing pucks on net. So you love to see that. So if you're a big Blues fan, you think he's got what it takes to bring home the Calder Trophy potentially this season? Uh, might be a good idea to throw some money down on that. So the only place you got to go for that is Bet Online. Dot ag because bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all that action at bet online you can get all the latest news odds info for all your sporting needs including the mlb nba nhl ufc mma and nfl as it's approaching as well so before the next pitch head over to the bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs through the playoffs. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert when we come back we're going to talk about doug armstrong is he a genius is he a madman should he have let alex petrangelo go should he have kept him and secured him with all these defensemen signing lucrative contracts did he know that these defensemen would be signing lucrative contracts and that's why he got justin falk and tory krug we're going to break it all down here so don't go anywhere There's a lot of different opinions about Tory Krug. There's some people that say he should have been exposed in the expansion draft. There's some people that say he's going to have a fantastic back bounce back season and that the first season of all of these new guys acquisitions were always kind of rough, so give him a little bit of a chance. Justin Falk obviously is a prime example of that. Had a rough first season, picked it up this season, was probably our number 1 defenseman as we talked about on this podcast before. In your opinion, does Doug have a crystal ball and he's sitting upstairs in the Enterprise Center seeing everything happening before it happens? Are they crunching the numbers financially and just seeing these trends and they're like, oh, this is exactly what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to prepare for it. And that's exactly what he did with Justin Falk and Tory Krug and avoiding this entire debacle of overpaying defensemen now. What are we looking at here? What is your opinion of Doug Armstrong? Is he a, is he a genius? Is he a madman? Should he have kept Alex Petrangelo? I need you to break it all down for me. Given like the last week we took off of recording, um, all of the uh, or with a few days prior as well, like including free agency, all of the criticism of the Krug and Falk contract kind of got mitigated a little bit by the fact that um, Darnell Nurse is making 
nine and a quarter million a year, and Seth Jones is making nine and a half million a year. Um, and you know, you look at next season, and who knows what Colton Pareko will make? But you know, a guy like Charlie McAvoy is probably going to make like ten million dollars a year. So you look back at those at those Krug contracts and and the fall contract, and you have to think did. Did Doug Armstrong anticipate the increased market for defensemen moving forward? And then, I mean, unfortunately, that does beg the question, well, then, is that even more of a reason why they shouldn't have let Petrangelo walk? But we don't have to get into that. Um, but with this incredible, incredible, incredible increased demand for defensemen this offseason, um, I think it goes to show that Doug sort of did have somewhat of an idea that he should lock up these defensemen for what seemed like at the time a little over-the-top contracts when he had the chance because now all of a sudden those Krug and Falk contracts aren't looking so bad because you figured if they were if they were deserving of contracts this offseason, you figured they could be making north of $8 million a year. And I think we'd be having very different conversations if that was the case. And that kind of begs the question that we talked about, I believe on one of the last podcasts that I was on, uh, it's what are the Blues going to do about Colton Pareko? Uh, because of the back situation and the injury that he has, uh, obviously he came back from it, but uh, from what it sounded like, this could be an injury that kind of lingers across multiple seasons. Uh, so that's problematic. And then if that injury doesn't linger and he does play lights out and fantastic hockey, then we're looking at another massive contract that the Blues would potentially have to play to a guy that's wearing a letter on your jersey once again. That was a key part of the Stanley Cup run. You could potentially move him. So there's a lot of question marks revolving here. I don't know if Colton Pareko being moved would be the answer, but another question that kind of goes with that is if you are going to move Colton Pareko, who's going to take his spot? And I think right now, um, the closest thing the, the Blues have is Scott Perunovic, even though he's a left-handed defenseman, he played right side on his college team. So potentially, if the Blues were in the market to get a defenseman, I think it would have been to upgrade at a right-handed D for, for or, or, on the, or on the right yeah. side. Yeah, and sit Bortuzzo and throw someone else in there. With the defenseman market, maybe they were like, well, we don't need to do this. Like, we can save money and uh, do it some other way. Do you think the answer to both of those questions is slotting Scotty Perunovic on his offhand uh, on the right side instead of... Bertuzzo and kind of giving him a chance to prove himself and then potentially making Pareko expendable if he does ask for too much money, trading him and getting a solid return. I think that this season is going to be very, very telling, especially like what we just talked about, the market for defensemen being as impressive as it is. Like if Scott Perunovic comes in and and lights it up this year or something of the sorts, we could see him getting a a hefty contract sooner rather than later. Um, Obviously, that's a, a big if, but still far from impossible. And then if Colton Pareko comes in and plays, you know, imagine he comes in and plays like he played during the Blues Cup run for an entire season, then all of a sudden you're looking at giving Colton Pareko a $9 million contract. And not that I necessarily have any problem with that, but his injury history and, and his inconsistency makes me a little hesitant. Um, so the, the defenseman market, we just talked about how Doug Armstrong did a really good job of locking up some really solid defensemen before it kind of inflated as much as it did. But that doesn't mean they're out of the woods because, again, they're they're still far from short up at that position. They could probably use some more help this offseason. Whether or not they'll get it because of the increased price for defensemen is another story. Um, 
we just saw a guy that we mentioned, Adam Pellick, get locked up for for a pretty large amount of money too. I don't I don't know off the top of my head what the exact dollar amount was, but obviously that took him off the table for the Blues and any sort of potential Tarasenko trade or anything. Um, but we're definitely seeing defensemen being very highly valued in this offseason. So we wonder if Doug Armstrong is going to have a different approach to you know, Colton Pareko next offseason or, or playing Scotty Perunovic or what have you. But it's definitely going to be a huge, huge season for our defensemen in terms of proving their worth and seeing how this defense is going to look years down the line. There's not always going to be guys that are hot at the right time, but you need to play the guys that are playing well consistently. So like I said, everyone's going to have to play a part. So if you need some parts, you got to go to rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are always reliably low so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and while you're there why don't you check out our friends over at built bar because Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, and they're fantastic for you too. Each Built Bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. And like I said, they have a ton of delicious flavors. Coconut, Cherry barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate, and a ton more. If you haven't tried all of them, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team that reigns supreme in Tokyo. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So to round out today's episode, we talked about it a little bit in passing at the beginning of this episode, but... What is the deal with Vladimir Tarasenko, and why can the Blues not move him? I don't understand what's going on. It feels like every day we get closer to the beginning of next season is another day that his his trade value drops. Tatar being signed by the Devils does not bode well for them acquiring Tarasenko. I would assume that means they're out of the running, so that basically narrows it down to like the Rangers. The Islanders are obviously, I think, still ahead of the pack. There's talk about Kuznetsov still wanting out of the Capitals. I think I think Eichel needs to get moved before that happens. But what are we looking at here, Josh? Do you expect him to be with the team next season? Is it better for the team to have Tarasenko on it next season than without him, given the potential returns that we're talking about and uh, his current trade value? Definitely not. Um, we spent the whole episode just now talking about team chemistry and camaraderie. And this whole Tarasenko thing has been very public, which means it is very, very, very likely that anyone on the team that uses social media or what have you is aware of this trade request. And no matter how how hard that they might try to make it, you know, business as usual, and you know, if Tarasenko's on the team, to try to show up and do their job, it'll be an elephant in the room. 
And with as much focus as we're talking about on team chemistry, I can't think of a, a better way to, to throw a wrench in that team chemistry than have Vladimir Tarasenko be in the locker room uh, come the start of the regular season. That being said, I think Doug Armstrong is being patient and he doesn't want his hand to be forced. He doesn't want Tarasenko to have all the leverage and trade him away for absolutely nothing. So if it comes down to there isn't a trade until the trade deadline of next season, I think Doug, Doug Armstrong is stubborn enough to wait that long. Um, it's not my desired outcome. I would much rather have them trade him this offseason for a worse return uh, than sort of jeopardize team chemistry to keep him around. But I don't think Doug Armstrong is just going to roll over and trade him for, for nothing. So I, I don't know. I think a lot. I think there's a lot behind the scenes that we're not really aware of. Like I said, I don't know. We don't know what his perceived value is. We don't really know how many teams are interested in him, if any. Um, but as of right now, it's gone very, very quiet. So I'm curious to see what the next break in the story is. I know we agree on a lot of things on this podcast. We disagree on a lot of things on this podcast. I don't think I've ever agreed with you more than the points that you just made in this conversation. Thanks, Tommy. If the identity problem for the Blues has been the problem the last two seasons, you have to prioritize identity and team chemistry this season. And for that reason, Vladimir Tarasenko cannot be a part of it. There has been reports that Jaden Schwartz and Braden Shen don't like playing on the same line as Vladdy. There's been reports that uh, he complains about not getting the captaincy. Whether or not, whatever aggressive level that was, if he was actually extremely aggravated or just a little upset, it still was out there and it still was made public. There's been reports that he throws fits when he doesn't play in the top six. There's been reports when he throws fits when he gets taken off the power play. To me, it doesn't seem like... This is a teammate that the Blues want around, especially if they've got these new guys in that they're, like we said, trying to build an identity, trying to build a new identity. Um, I think Vladimir Tarasenko and the St. Louis Blues, their time is done. And I think the Blues will be better off without him in their locker room. It's a really difficult situation to be in. And the first like two weeks of these trade rumors were very painful. But at this point, it's just become... Uh, you broke up with your ex, but they refuse to to pack up their stuff and move out of your apartment because you share the lease. It's like, okay, the painful stuff is over. I've moved on, but I still have to wake up and see your face every single day. Come on, I, I he Valentinsenko was my favorite player on the St. Louis Blues. I'm gonna root for him when whenever he ends up somewhere else. But this is just dragging out so far. So long, and and I'm just sick of it. I I want to stop stressing about where Tarasenko will go. I want to be able to look at this team objectively and say, this is the lineup that they're going to have next season. But until the Tarasenko trade happens, we cannot do that. Here's the thing, too, though, in in playing devil's advocate here, uh, I know a lot of you at home are probably thinking you have to keep Tarasenko because his trade value is not that high, and he can battle back and play good hockey and then increase his trade value, and then he can actually go to a team uh, and you can get something substantial for him. I agree with that. Um, I'm still going to stand by the conversation that Josh and I had before about team identity, but I also understand that Doug Armstrong knows exactly what he's doing when he's a GM, right? This is not like... Oh, Doug Armstrong's incompetent because he can't trade like one of your star players that was scoring 30, 40 goals a season. Like this isn't that Uh, his value is extremely low. And a lot of GMs across the NHL, when players values are extremely low and a scenario like this happens uh, where everyone's expecting you to just kind of bite the bullet and say, fine, screw it. Like not a big return, but he's just out of our locker room, like whatever. Doug Armstrong doesn't want to be, in my opinion, he doesn't want to be one of those GMs that other GMs know will eventually cave to what they're asking for, right? And so 
you kind of set that precedent to where like if they're offering you a return that you don't want and you keep saying no and keep saying no and then eventually like at the last second right before the season starts you're like all right fine like whatever like I have to get rid of this guy and you pull the trigger GMs remember that like elephants they don't be forgetting stuff right so like years down the line when you're trying to trade other players they'll think they can just wait you out and wait till the last minute to where you do the same thing Doug Armstrong I think is potentially using this as a to make a point to other GMs and say, hey, like you're not going to wait me out. I'm going to wait for my return. If I don't get my return, he's going to be back with us. Uh, and there's nothing he can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. If you want this guy, you're going to have to fork up something special. And if not, he's staying here. And I think I would prioritize the Blues chemistry and identity over that. But at the same time, I understand his form of thinking. Agreed, 100%. Um like we've always said, Doug Armstrong keeps his cards very co- close to his chest. He doesn't really reveal what he's doing up until the last minute. And he's also not a pushover. Uh, he's not going to let just some trade request. say like, okay, fine, I'll trade you for whatever you want, Vladimir Tarasenko. We'll just get you out of here. Like, I, I do think a trade is coming, and I think he knows how important it is. But I don't think that he's just going to jump at the first opportunity. I think he knows how long he has to wait to get that offer that's at least acceptable for a Tarasenko return. I think so too. And we're going to break it down here on the Locked on Blues podcast, all off season long prospect camp. I think I will be on location uh, if I can if I can make it happen. So that'll be a lot of fun. Training camp. We're getting geared up for the start of next season. So you can break all of that down here. But I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. We're going to have a guest on here pretty soon. It's a soft scheduling, so don't hold me to it. But it's a pretty big guest, and he's been on here before. So I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. Make sure to follow us on all of our platforms. You can follow me on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at 12-15. You can follow Josh on Twitter and Spotify Green Room at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. And let's go Blues.